Welcome to the Chirpin' Birds podcast. We are here. It is week one. Uh, we're going to preview this uh, Sunday's game against the Falcons. Uh, we'll have our score predictions or predictions for the game, go over some notes from this week, and uh, gauge how we're feeling entering the, the season here. Uh, before we get going, I'm uh, Ian here along with Mike. Uh, Mike, how, how's it going? I'm doing well. Um you mentioned that we're playing one o'clock this not way, but the Eagles are playing one o'clock this Sunday. If you had to rank the kickoff times across all the various windows from Sunday, Monday, and Thursday night, how would you rank them to your preference? Um, well, being on the West Coast, right. I I would uh, rank them or- on East Coast though, just so it's less confusing. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think it's, um, it depends what point of the season. So I think the first half of the season, I do like the one o'clock kickoff, uh, the, the first series of games you get to watch the Eagles, you don't have to wait later in the season. Uh, if it's not a primetime game, I like the, the four twenty five kickoff. You, you get to, uh, hopefully watch, uh, division, games uh division playoff implications there uh play at one so you kind of have a have an idea of what uh your uh the, that the game at 425 has in store uh because of that um another situation i i like if the eagles play at one is a, a sunday night football game that's like Giants or Cowboys or Washington, not mm-hmm. not against each other or maybe against each other. Oh, it's it's amazing after if, an Eagles win. Yeah, um, oh. uh, uh, that that kind of uh, game is, is exciting too. So uh, I I do like the Eagles in prime time. So I guess my my favorite prime time time would be Sunday Night Football. Uh, I don't think the Thursday the the Thursday game is like exciting and then. Sunday comes and you realize you have to wait another full week to, to watch the next game. So mm-hmm. you get the um, mini buy. Yeah. So that, I mean, I guess that's good to, depending on what point in the season, I forget when our Thursday night game is that's against the giants, I believe, but um, the, the Thursday night games, like some people miss it's, it's, you know, it's still the, the, it's not quite the weekend yet uh monday monday night games is still it's still like football going on monday night uh football i i think is uh more more exciting than uh the thursday game so i'd say thursday is my least favorite i like the sunday night uh especially in dallas the or in in or at home doesn't matter i against dallas that sunday night prime time game is always a big game uh, they got embarrassed a couple of years ago. I forget what ha- ended up happening last year, but um, uh, the, those primetime games, especially against division rivals, are a little uh, nerve-wracking on, on national TV, depending how they perform. Uh, one of the uh, best primetime, this is a tangent, I guess. It's not exactly answering your question, but uh, just as recently as the last uh, game the Eagles played that counted was a, a flex to, to primetime in which they uh, had Nate Sudfeld in, in the second half and Dwayne Haskins almost uh, uh, didn't uh, lead them to, to victory there. Uh, I believe is, is what happened. Correct me if I'm wrong. So that that was a fun uh primetime action last year to to get the Devonte what ended up being the Devonte Smith pick. So um as far as uh primetime versus like you know one o'clock what what's your preference? So I actually like the mid-afternoon games, the 425s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like those... just because you, you get a nice like you get a nice palate cleanser in the one o'clock games or kind of it's a build up to your Sunday and then it's a smooth bridge to Sunday night football. I, like, I would say if depending on how the Eagles do, like I may be tuning out on the Sunday night football. That's exactly like, if they went on locked in on the Sunday night football. Yeah. 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 If, if they lose, uh, I think watching Sunday night football is, is 
more uh, or less enjoyable after an Eagles 425 loss oh, than a one. Can't tolerate loss. it if they lost. <laughs> um, sometimes I'm out on the whole day if if the Eagles lose at one. But that uh, is that is probably the biggest uh, downside to the 1 p.m. is your Sunday could be ruined by like two o'clock. Yeah, and I, I I think it's like I know I know it's week one and we'll get into the, the, the week one game and and how how we're each feeling but uh, week one uh, or even the first few weeks it's gonna be like a little sort of uh, still still getting in the rhythm of, of playing uh, NFL football games that count uh, it might be a little sloppy at first I know they did have the preseason where they didn't last year um, but it uh it it is a a bit jarring to go from watching like baseball where every game is only so important to uh football where every every single game is extremely important so uh it it is interesting to to watch the first few weeks of of nfl of the nfl season and it, it almost feels like the the first few games even though it's not necessarily the 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 team that will be uh in its in its final form uh that we'll be watching for the majority of the season but it does feel like there's some extra uh importance to these first couple of games um looking at the eagle schedule of course the their their schedule is pretty top heavy as far as opponents so i'm not uh we we talked about it on our uh schedule release podcast that they might uh kind of have a, a pretty bad record in the in the first uh, quarter to half the season and then maybe pick it up from there it really uh comes down to these division games but uh i i'm re- i'm really excited for this game i think it's it's gonna it's gonna feel the same as uh you know a, a loss would would send me into not caring to watch football the rest of the day and the, and the wind's going to make me wish there were more games to watch, uh, this weekend. Yeah. Well put. Um, so, but, uh, well, I guess just get into the, the game or sorry, before we get into the game, some news from the week, um, Bo Wolf had reported that Dallas Goddard in a press conference, uh, which, also was a press conference so uh, many others have reported it as An well exclusive press uh, conference uh, uh, uh dallas goddard said that his agents um had expected to have a new deal by now but the team decided to quote go in a different way and Bo did clarify that it's not a comment on uh, zach ertz and that dallas doesn't think the uh, lack of a new contract will be a distract <clears throat> excuse me a distraction um, Dallas Goddard is an unrestricted free agent at the end of this season, I believe. So, um, Same with Zach Ertz. right. Um, so I didn't, uh, I actually didn't realize that, or sorry, Dallas Goddard's contract was done. Um, you may have mentioned it during the, my guys podcast, but, uh, that, that does make his season, uh, a lot more interesting because the, the potential deal that, they would have given Dallas Goddard could, could be up upwards of, you know, 20, $30 million. Um, and he's never been a number one tight end in the league. So uh, get taking an offer from, from the Eagles. Uh, um, uh, sooner than later for, for him, uh, I'm not totally sure what his contract situation is. What would uh, is interesting. Like I, I understand betting on himself. Um, the his contract talks have been sort of under wraps until this week, as uh, my understanding. Um, but you know, if he if he thinks he can get a bigger a big deal with the Eagles or elsewhere at the end of the season, I think this could be uh, good for you and your my guy selection, but also good for the team if he's going to have sort of a breakout year. Yeah. So, I mean, I think he was definitely one of the guys that would have gotten a contract extension by, you know, the beginning of the regular season. I think he and Mylata and one of Barnett or Sweat, I think they all made sense. So 
it seems like unless any of those players are willing to negotiate through the season, it seems like the Eagles are just kind of putting the ball in their court and saying, like, let's see what you can make of the season. Um, I do think if the Eagles found a trade that they're willing to agree to for Ertz, I think he would, he being Dallas, would have had a contract extension at this point. So I think that's like, that's what I would point to as to why one hasn't happened. I guess you, you could also pair together that the extent or the contract negotiations with uh, Goddard's agents probably haven't gone as well as the team would have liked. I imagine that conversation centers around um, Goddard and his agents probably demanding top dollar um, and Howie saying, well, we haven't really seen you perform like one of those tight ends. Obviously, there's a lot of projection with uh, Goddard at his age, and he hasn't really shouldered a snap count of a, a, a true starting tight end. Obviously, that's not his fault. He's always had to share the, the field and the snaps with Ertz. So I don't think that should really comment on his, his ability. He has had a few like injury like nagging injuries over the course of the season. So I think the Eagles are kind of just saying like, Hey man, if you want top dollar, you got to go, you got to prove that you can perform. You got to stay healthy. And um, I, I've, I've seen a few just like people on Twitter. So like, take it, take it as it is. But like some people are saying like, you know what? Resign hurts. Like he's going to be cheaper. He's like, He's just as good right now. I think even that might be a stretch, but like, I don't think that's, I don't even think that's likely. I don't think that would be the smart thing to do. I think that they'll eventually come to an agreement with Goddard, whether that's in the short window before the season, which seems very unlikely, or if it happens at the end of the year, they also have the option to franchise tag him with the hopes of coming to an agreement before the beginning of next year. Um, and just for context, a, a contemporary of Goddard, Mark Andrews, who I would say is probably the best tight end, not named Jason Kelsey or uh, Kittles. Travis Kelsey. Travis, who did I, or, did I say Jason? Kels. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Travis Kelsey or um, forget the first name of the guy on the 49ers. I know it's Kittles. George Kittle. George Kittle. I'm saying Kittles like Kerry Kittles. Yeah, yeah. George Alshon Kittle. Alshon Jeffries. And then Darren Waller. And I think in the next group beneath is probably Mark Andrews and maybe like a guy or two down is probably Goddard. So Mark Andrews just got a contract extension from the Ravens for a four-year extension for $56 million. And while that's probably good news for Goddard, like that definitely sets the ceiling I don't think he has any legitimate argument saying that like I should get that exactly or anything more, but um, the past two years for Mark Andrews, he had in 2019, 852 yards and 10 touchdowns, very productive season. And last year, a similar amount of production, 700 yards and seven touchdowns. So that's kind of like, I guess the market right now, Goddard can obviously demand what he wants, but I, I think that's probably the biggest reason why they haven't agreed to a deal is try to just ask him for too much. And the Eagles are saying, go prove you're worth it. Yeah. Um, and also at the end of next season, uh, Miles Sanders is an unrestricted free agent. So uh, they might extend him in uh, over this season or, or next off season when they would sign Dallas Goddard. So there's some cap implications there of mm -hmm. a uh integral part of, of of your offense uh and depending what the earth situation is if he has a really good year this year and wants to stay and uh can earn himself a, a decent um you know two or three year deal whatever he would get at, at age 31 or whatever he'll be um uh that that you know, could be a nice bridge uh, 
situation if Goddard leaves to uh, open up the possibility to, to drafting a guy if the Eagles are better than expected and Jalen Hurts proves to be something solid, then who they, they could draft a tight end. I mean, they, they, they were in the conversation to draft Kyle Pitts uh, to, to trade up for Kyle Pitts, but um, there's uh, a lot that it's a different situation of, uh, you know, potential uh, hall of fame caliber guy that people are, are talking about now um, rather than just like a, a solid tight end that, that you need to implement in your offense. So uh, that <clears throat> that's something to watch. Um also this week, the Eagles named their six captains, uh, Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham, Rodney McLeod, Jalen Hurts, Alex Singleton, and Fletcher Cox. Um, I think the, the only really outstanding name there, uh, unless you have another one, is Jalen Hurts. Uh, there was a quote from, I, I believe it was Brandon Graham, that he, uh, he had earned the uh, votes to, to be a captain and um, uh, that aligns with a lot of the reporting and, and quotes from other players about Jalen Hurts out of the locker room that he's uh, become this leader. He's uh, winning over the, the locker room. He's uh, actively trying to learn and, and mentor other people. Um, and he's, uh, he's there's an article in The Athletic uh, from this week where he's... Um, uh, uh, trying to be like a coffee bean. Uh, I don't know if you saw it. It was, uh, I believe, Bo Wolf. Uh, uh, I think that. that was Zach, Zach Berman. Zach Berman. Uh, yeah. uh, apologies there. But uh, uh, the, the big quote was pretty much in boiling water. Uh, uh, you have a carrot, an egg, and a coffee bean. A carrot wilts, an egg hardens, and a, a coffee bean. Um, uh, spreads throughout uh, spread the water. yeah spreads and makes the water more more like itself so uh under under pressure jalen hurts is trying to uh spread his his wisdom and his leadership uh to uh the rest of the team uh so i like that i liked a lot of quotes <laughs> from that article uh i would recommend reading that uh and one one thing and tell me tell me what you think about this because one thing that i'm realizing about jalen hurts is I'm right. Like right now, I know we haven't seen him play really, but as a, as the Eagles quarterback, like I'm rooting for him and I'm at this point in on him as at least a guy, but like, I hope to him to be, to be in on him as a, as a quarterback. So, but the, the difference is, is this is coming from like, me and I like Jalen Hurts and I want him to succeed and I'm in on him because I'm in on him. Whereas Carson Wentz was a second round pick. And my initial thought when they picked him was if, if the Eagles are in on him, then I'll be in on him because you, if you if, mean second overall, second overall, what did I say? Second I round. I think you said second round, uh, second overall pick. mixing up with Hurts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Carson Wentz, not a second round pick, a uh, second overall pick. <laughs> And, um, and, you know, like at, at the time I was thinking if, if they're going to believe in this NDSU quarterback who uh, I wasn't familiar with at all, and I don't know how many people were, um, that, then I'll, then I'll put my faith in him and, uh, I have to be in on Carson because he's, uh, who the Eagles are investing in. Like, I, I just felt like, I was choosing to be in on him because that's the direction the team went. Uh, and eventually that wasn't the case anymore. Uh, that me being in on him and also the Eagles being in on him anyway. Uh, but uh, this Jalen hurts, obviously it's less uh, draft capital. It's uh, they've put less in into him. Like it's, it's his sort of tryout year. They took so long to name him the, the starter. Uh, he seems to have earned it every step of the way, but he does have the proven track record. He has played at Alabama. He has played at Oklahoma. He's faced adversity in Alabama, transferring to Oklahoma. Um, he's faced adversity even in Philadelphia so far. And uh, the, the comparison to how he played last year versus how Carson was playing was night and day, in my opinion, from a confidence level. As Merrill Reese says or said, uh, 
Jalen Hurts threw the ball with authority, which was something that I, I, I could see with my own eyes that, that, that was missing all of last year. So uh, I am in on Jalen Hurts. Obviously I am. He's one of my, my, my guys, um, <laughs> uh, trademark, uh, but, um, the, the, this article that came out this week just further solidified it. And, and it got me thinking like that I'm in on Jalen hurts. Like that's a, that's a coming from within me as, as a fan of the team rather than, uh, forcing it because the team is investing in someone. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that makes sense. I think he's how I would put it is like, He's, he says all the right things, and I think for the most part, like, I don't think you can count this here, but for the most part, Carson has historically said all the right things public-facing. A lot of what we heard as far as negative stuff with Wentz was always from, like, either anonymous sources or, like, a few coaches said that, like, like, he had his fair share of kind of negative sentiment throughout the locker room and kind of, you know, from people within the building. And I would say so far hurts everything, everybody, everything everyone has had to say about hurts right now is like glowingly positive from beat reporters, players, staff, you name it. They say they're just, they believe in Hertz. And I think like as a fan, we haven't heard anything from him that should tell us to feel otherwise. And I'd say, aside from what we saw in limited action last year is like, yeah, I mean, it's hard not to be supportive of him, but he really, I mean, for me to buy into him, I just have to see him kind of show um, improvement from last year, like very clear and obvious development in his game but as far as the player i mean the player player says all the right things he seems to have a really good mentality nice team mentality and it's nice to see a guy who's like really invested in all of his teammates and his own success so it really just kind of kind of checks all the boxes of a, a good player that you feel good about rooting for yeah yeah i think the the saying all the right things is uh, def- is true, but the the way that like my my view of of how Carson did it was kind of like 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 I I love Philly at the time uh, I love Philly. It's a it's the fans are passionate. Like the the saying the right things from Carson felt like he was telling Philadelphia how Philadelphia is, which feels uh like uh just wrong like we're we don't need to be told how we are or Mm -hmm. or or that you understand how we are like you need to like go out and 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 like play the way that that you're you say like we we are and how the city is but Jalen wasn't as like authentic and true yes, exactly. what he was saying but uh, uh jalen hurts isn't isn't doing that at all he's he's saying like these whether they're cliches or whether whatever you want to call them oh, but yeah. like the, these the dude's like a these, walking he's he's got all these mantras hallmark yeah but but he's like um he has all the 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 right men, mentalities and he has like uh uh his own wisdom and, and life experience that he's pulling from to explain or back the, the, the mantra, the thing that he's saying, mm-hmm. uh, which feels like way more off. Like he feels like he's Jalen hurts playing quarterback in Philadelphia rather than like Carson Wentz trying to be the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback. Like he's trying yeah. to be Jalen hurts fitting in with, with the Eagles, like taking, like trying to take the Eagles under his uh, leadership. So it's just like, it's a, it's a, it's a switch, but it's a significant switch for me and authenticity. And um, uh, while he is saying the right things, it's, it's much more authentic and, and genuine that I can connect with, with him as a, as a 
player that I want to put my my faith into. So mm-hmm. that makes sense. Um, the only other thing of note is the Eagles signed a former Bronco cornerback Mac McCain to the practice squad or uh, from the practice squad to the active roster. So uh, he's number fifty three. He's number so fifty three. Nigel Nigel Bradham. Oh. <laughs> He's, he's the 53rd player. I don't know. We don't know what number he, he is. Um, uh, okay, so moving on, the a couple notes about the this uh, upcoming game here, week one against the Falcons. Falcons are three and a half point favorites. They're at a they're at a minus 165. Eagles are at plus 140. It is in Atlanta. Um, so that so like uh, barely favorites. Yeah. 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 So it, it, the, the, the lines are, are pretty tight. The, uh, a lot of national rankings have the Eagles and Falcons around the same, uh, bottom of bottom of the NFL. I, I don't agree with it personally. A lot of, I, I understand the hesitance to uh, be confident in Jalen hurts cause he, he hasn't played, but I think that the defense is a real strong suit and that will help them, uh, in addition to the uh, the the running backs we have uh, to to help Jalen Hurts if he's have if he's struggling to to get the running game going, especially with our offensive line if healthy, I think that the the Eagles should be uh, ranked higher. But um, the national storyline seemed to be just that Jalen Hurts is a second year unproven second round pick, et cetera, et cetera. So. Um, uh, another thing of note is the the Falcons. One of the Falcons' home games is in London against the Jets in October, so they only have seven actual home games in Atlanta. This being one of them, so uh, they will definitely want to need to take advantage of uh, all their home games they have because they uh, they sort of lose out on one uh, uh, this year. So not. I don't believe the Falcons are going to be good looking at their depth chart. They're not that good. They're not really good at all. Uh, so, you know, that might end up being meaningless, but um, they, they, they do have this maybe extra sense of urgency to, to win uh, a home game since, since they have so few of them. Man, not burying the lead at all for his week one prediction. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very high on the, on the Eagles this game. Um, I mean, do, do you have any thoughts of the this? I I I understand the line is close, and I I I guess I would say the Falcons should be the favorites because they're they're the home team. But mm-hmm. if if this was in Philadelphia, I would I would think that that would be flipped, and the Eagles would be three three and a half point favorites at least. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it'll be a close game. I think it'll be um, for a very competitive game but i don't think it'll be a very like if if you had the uh, nfl league ticket or whatever like this will probably be one of the least watched games just as far as like caliber of teams i think they're both it's weird like i would say they're both bottom third of the league as far as talent but i think they're towards the top of they're towards the top of the lower third, if that makes sense. They're not like towards the bottom. Yeah, so top top twenty. They're yeah. top twenty teams. Or like top twenty twenty-four to top twenty, like in that range. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Um one one storyline for the Falcons this year is uh Matt Ryan's contract. His uh cap hit this season is twenty nine point nine million, but next year it'll be forty eight point seven. So uh, according to the uh, athletics uh, or the Falcons athletic reporter, Jeff Schultz, uh, basically one of two things would happen is they restructure his contract, which they've done before uh, creating this situation for, for going into uh, 2023 rather than going into 2022. Uh, and by then, you know, Matt Ryan's 36 years old right now. Uh, you know, who knows if, if they'll, uh, just cut them or, 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 or trade them or, or what, or speaking of trading, 
they uh, could do what they did with Julio Jones, which is uh, trade him uh, to have less uh, dead money uh, on the cap, which would be $24.9 million next year. So it's a, uh, it's a big year for Matt Ryan, uh, for, for him not wanting – he himself said he was a bit relieved when they draft Pitts because not only did they not draft his successor, but they drafted a major weapon for him. So it's sort of a win-win for Matt Ryan. Whether or not they're a rebuilding team, which I, I believe that the owner uh, had – uh, alluded to or said something about especially with saying that they they only have seven home games this year um uh, it's a big year for for matt ryan to potentially restructure his deal play an extra year uh making top dollar uh as the falcons quarterback so uh it's a big year for him whether or not that translates to a week one uh game where both teams are uh, sort of, you know, uh, projected to be a bottom uh, tier teams or both teams projected to be bottom tier. Uh, it is notable the Falcons didn't really play that many starters in the preseason. Kyle Pitts only played a, a single snap. So he might take, uh, if he's as good as as uh, advertised, maybe it'll take him a quarter or a series to, to get in the feel of things. But uh, I don't expect him to uh completely take over the game at least in the in the first half um especially if uh it's just sort of him and and calvin ridley where where they have uh, the eagles have an improved uh linebacker core and uh secondary to sort of deal with uh those those two sort of threats um do what what are your initial sort of uh, feelings on, on this game here. Well, real quick, going back on the the Pitts and the Matt Ryan discussion, I thought there was a legitimate chance that even if they were going to retain Matt Ryan or keep him on the team this past season, like I thought they should have strongly considered drafting a quarterback like a like a Justin Fields, like even if he get even if he just had a one year like kind of a an understudy year behind Matt Ryan, or it just seems like they're clearly in a rebuild and to invest their first round, their high first round pick into like a tight end who I know isn't like, doesn't fit the, doesn't fit in the tight end box. Like he's more of a wide receiver in a tight end body. Like, I don't know. It just felt like an odd investment for a team that, is on the brink of a very expensive, I'm not sure if you'd call it a, call a mediocre just yet, but like a quarterback that's not really moving the needle for a team that really needs someone to move the needle. Yeah, I think. What did you think? Were you surprised with the Pitts pick or did you not think they were going to take a quarterback? I, I, I thought it was definitely a possibility and that was something I was looking at when they took pits. Um, I wasn't as aware of how weak their offensive line is at, at the time. Uh, I, I heard that. I, I think their, their center, uh, Matt Hennessy is like, to you. Only, yeah. Yeah. Has only played in a, a handful of NFL games. Um, so it, it does make sense while they are uh, in a rebuilding or retooling mode, I do understand like uh, maybe developing a, a better offensive line before you uh, and, and to draft more weapons for the future before putting a quarterback with a weak offensive, uh, a rookie quarterback with a weak offensive line and uh no weapons out there to to develop i don't think that's necessarily a recipe for success um and if uh matt ryan is matt ryan of the last few years he'll be very solid and they'll probably still lose a bunch of games they they have ridley they have uh pitts who we're not sure you know, how good he'll be. 
and uh, Mike Davis, uh, who they just took or signed from, uh, I believe, Tennessee. Um, uh, Carolina. Or Ca- right. Carolina, sorry, yeah. Um, who's a very solid running back. So they have a lot of solid guys. I don't know what that would translate to. Maybe maybe five wins, something something like that. Especially if uh, they they lose week one to to the Eagles, which I think will happen. Uh, by the way, um, <laughs> if you didn't think so already, yeah, he has the Eagles. If winning. you couldn't tell. Uh, but what's the what, what's the final score? You have to stick around to, to find out. Uh, so I, I do I do understand sort of getting these uh, supporting pieces before you get the franchise player, especially if you think you're going to be bad again and have a shot at uh, potentially. I, I'm not sure how many draft assets they have, but um, they'll they'll have a high first round pick in, in this case, uh, five or less wins. Um, so, you know, you could draft someone next year when you have a normal college football season, um, and, and you can evaluate uh, talent a, a little e- more easily than, than you could going into last year's draft. That could be another factor, um, why, why they, they didn't want to draft a, a franchise altering, uh, quarterback, uh, last year. So I, I understand the logic from, from that perspective, I also think Justin Fields proved to be a pretty solid prospect and passing on him might have been a bad decision for the Falcons and even for the Eagles. The Eagles had a shot to, to draft him as well. So uh, the, the, the jury's still out. We'll see how uh, Fields does this year if, if, he, uh, if he does play because um, I think they named Dalton the, the starter there, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, at least for now. Yeah, so um, that I I thought that they maybe should have drafted a quarterback, but when when they didn't, I sort of tried to connect the dots there a little bit for for the Falcons and my extensive Atlanta Falcons knowledge, mm-hmm. and uh, that that's sort of the kind of conclusion that that I came to. And then seeing their uh, roster here going into Week One, it. it you know, they're, they're a rebuilding team and they hopefully get some solid reps for Pitts. that having Matt Ryan is good for Kyle Pitts, uh, Kyle Pitts's development as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that they have potential to be a solid team if they can maybe, uh, get that quarterback and then develop their offensive line a, a bit more. Yeah. So I think, um, I don't know, I don't have the splits in front of me, but, um, if the Falcons are in 13 personnel, which is three receivers, one tight end, I think that'll probably involve – they might have Pitts, like, out as a wide receiver, or at least, like, detached from the line. And so that would make Ridley the – I don't know if he's X or Y, but he'll probably, he'll probably get Slay duty. I imagine Slay will probably shadow Calvin Ridley. Um, yeah. Calvin Ridley, one of the best wide receivers in football. Um, I think like you could, I th- maybe not like body type, but I would say like as far as like a route runner, I think like Devonte Smith, if he if his outcome could be a Calvin Ridley, like that would be a very good projection. I think they both rely on like very crisp routes and very smooth runners, uh, not like jump out of the gym athletes, but just like very sound um, wide receivers. Uh, Russell Gage, I think, is their second wide receiver. Kyle Pitts, first tight end, probably also uh, flex out wide. And then they do use a good amount of uh, two tight end looks. Uh, We should see a little bit of Hayden Hayden Hurst. And I think like any time they throw ball to Hayden Hurst we should just thank them and hope they do it again because between Pitts and Ridley and maybe a little bit of Mike Davis they do have some dynamic offensive players but I don't think it's like it should be kind of an easier assignment than a few of the upcoming weeks for the Eagles like this is kind of like a softer start for the defense in my opinion yeah yeah uh, just for some comparison 
uh, Calvin Ridley's 2020 year versus uh, Justin Jefferson's 2020 year. Uh, Justin Jefferson with the incredible rookie season and an incredible season for a receiver in general. Um, Calvin Ridley played one less game, had two more receptions for about uh, 30 less yards. So Justin Jefferson had 1,400 receiving yards last year. Calvin Ridley had uh, 1,374 uh, had two more touchdowns with nine than Justin Jefferson, about the same yards per reception. So um, Calvin Ridley had a Justin Jefferson-esque year last year, but because, he, you know, the Falcons were so bad last year, uh, sort of went under the radar. I know it went under the radar for, for me as well. Um, I, I did own Calvin Ridley in fantasy a couple of years ago. Uh, before this sort of uh, breakout year for him. So uh, he he's definitely a top receiver. Some say, some might say top five. I don't know if I'd, uh, you know, I'd have to kind of go into the the rosters there. I don't know if he'd be top five, but definitely top 15, if not top 10. So he's a, he's a very solid receiver. Um, and then uh, at running back, Mike Davis last year compared to Miles Sanders last year, uh, Mike Davis played in three more games, had uh, t- about 200 less yards rushing, same amount of touchdowns with six. Uh, Miles Sanders had about two more uh, yards per uh, attempt. I guess that's carry. Um, uh, I'm uh, reading this. I didn't memorize uh, the the stats here. That's why we make notes for our podcast. Um, and receiving... Uh, Mike Davis had uh, a little more production than Miles Sanders receiving wise. Um, he had about uh, 25-ish or sorry, uh, 30, uh, 31 uh, more receptions than Miles Sanders for about uh, another 150 yards uh, receiving and two touchdowns, whereas Miles Sanders had zero receiving touchdowns last year. Miles Sanders had the the injuries. He only played in 12 games last year, whereas Mike Davis played in 15. Um, So, you know, Mike Davis is a solid running back. Um, I, I believe Miles Sanders would have more upside but the way that uh miles sanders is used in the sort of platoon especially with kenny gainwell now um uh i think we have more versatility at running back uh more options but mike davis is not a a slouch of a of a running back he's a he's a solid running back so uh those are i think are uh, paired with matt ryan are the uh the concerns but um our our defensive line compared to their offensive line uh, is a, is a major win for, for the Eagles. So I think that even though there will be all these uh, offensive threats uh, from the Falcons end, I I think that uh, it will be helped uh, immensely by our edge rushers and, and defensive tackles. And that, that strength, I can't, I don't think can be overlooked going into this game. Mm -hmm. So here's an interesting quote that came out, I think, in the past day or so. So the left guard replacement and now starter for the Falcons is the recent third-round pick, Jalen Mayfield. Um, Their coach, Arthur Smith, who we should mention, was, from all reports, the Eagles' preferred coaching hire, if they could have it their way, I think. The Falcons got to him. The Falcons requested interview and later had that interview before the Eagles had a chance to talk with Smith. It sounded like if the Eagles had their way, Arthur Smith would be, uh, you know, in the Eagles, Pfizer right now, ready, getting ready for his week one. So that's kind of an interesting dynamic seeing that Sirianni is like the backup plan. But um, Arthur Smith was asked about. Uh, Jalen Mayfield possibly starting and now likely starting at left guard this week and facing off against Fletcher Cox and Smith said everybody's got to get baptized at some point so it sounds like he's already ready for kind of um, a long week of preparing and getting his offensive line just as prepared as possible for 
the storm that's coming their way between Cox and Hargrave and, you know, the guys off the edge and, you know, how can we not mention Milton Williams here? This sounds like he's really set up for a big first week in the NFL. Um, I'd say that's probably, I think we'll say this a lot this year that like either of the offensive line or the defensive line will be like the biggest um, reason why the Eagles will be either favored or we think will win. I think like week one here, we find ourselves, um, you know, right, right from the get go, the Eagles have a pretty big advantage here with their defensive line against the Falcons offensive line. Yeah. And, uh, and flipping that with the, the Falcons defensive players, um, they're, they're really only, uh, pro bowl level, uh, players, uh, Grady Jarrett, their, their edge rusher there. So, um, the, the Eagles offensive line can definitely like scheme for that. And even if there's one-on-one matchups, uh, the Eagles offensive line should, should rule the day. So, um, I think it should, it should be, uh, a solid game for Jalen hurts to, uh, maneuver and, uh, use his legs and, and get the ball out, uh, as long as he, uh, can, you know, get the ball out on time, uh, I, I think that the the Eagles offense, even though they struggled and uh, it's, you know, Devontae Smith's uh, debut, um, I, I think they could have a, a solid day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm pretty confident uh, with the Eagles offense versus the, the Falcons defense. I think the, uh, the Eagles – Offensive struggles, uh, which, you know, I, I anticipate there being some issues in this week one game, uh, will be more due to the, 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 the Eagles offense than the, the Falcons defense. It would be more of a, a sort of disjointed, still getting their feet under them situation for the Eagles rather than the, the Falcons not letting the Eagles do what they want. Yeah, I think. I'll be interested to see how like this kind of chess chess match uh, works its way out since these are both um, two first time NFL coaches between Sirianni and Arthur Smith uh, throughout preseason and training camp. They're definitely kind of uh, closed fists on their kind of philosophy on the field. I know they probably talked a bunch of it you know, in press conferences and what they think they should do and like the principles of the game. But when it comes to them being game callers or talking, showing their offense and what they want to put out on the field, like we, we, to date, we haven't seen much. Um, that also is true for Gannon. Um, and this was, this was, speaking of the wide receivers, uh, this was a nice nugget from, uh, Jimmy Kemsky, Jimmy Kemsky of the Philly Voice, in his preview article, I thought it was uh, pretty, pretty insightful. The Falcons allowed the highest number of pass plays of 20 plus yards in 2020, with 66 of them. They also tied the third most touchdown receptions with 34. So, if we are to see the Eagles' wide receivers pop off, this is certainly an opportunity for that. And I think that would go a long way in not only building up the confidence for Jalen himself, but also just like to get buy-in from the receivers on the team, get buy-ins from, get buy-in throughout the building, and then, you know, get buy-in among the fan base. I think it could be like a big game and just, I could even see it to the point of like diluting a part of the fan base into thinking like, this is it, baby. Like, forget what people are saying. Like, this team is winning the NFC East after week one. And then I think it'll click quickly fall back to reality. I'm not saying I think we'll do that, but you know, you never know. Well, how we'll fo- how we'll be feeling by like the third quarter once Hertz is like three touchdowns of like 40 plus yards. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, now now it's uh, it seems that we're both Mr. Philadelphia Eagles uh, today uh, feeling about this game. So I think if there's a game, this is one to feel good about. Yeah, yeah. I I have felt uh, I felt pretty neutral when the schedule came out. Um, I thought it was a toss up at the time. And as as we sort of lead up through through training camp, through the preseason games, I feel pretty confident that in this game that yeah. uh they, the they stand a chance to win. yeah that 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 too so uh i guess let, let's get into our game predictions here so um yeah. uh uh who do you think's gonna have like a breakout performance here is gonna be your your player of the game or should we yeah. do final scores first do you want to do like a full game game recap here this is our, our first <laughs> uh game preview pod so yeah. we can sort of set the bar out how we want here so I, th- I think the this the way that makes the most sense in my mind is just to go through a few game wide predictions. Like you don't you, I, I think you hold hold player of the game and final score in your back pocket until we're through our just like general predictions of the game. Yeah. And then I think kind of bring it home with player of the game and final. All right. score. Why don't you start us off here? All right. So uh, my first kind of like interesting prediction here. I think Zach Ertz has the most receptions of any Eagles. I think he's had a really good training camp. Uh, Just listening to his press conference, it sounds like his head is in the right spot and he's healthy. He spoke that he had surgery over the offseason and now he's back and healthy. He's had a pretty productive camp. I think he's the best route runner on the team even accounting for Devontae Smith, that'll probably maybe change throughout the year, but I think he has a good rapport with Hertz, Hertz and those two uh, make a connection early on and he ends up kind of being the go-to guy on third and long. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I have a similar uh, feeling there, which I'll, uh, I guess, uh, get into when, when we go for the uh, score predictions, but um, my, my uh, prediction for the game is that the Eagles will force two turnovers. Ooh. I think that the, uh, the, the Falcons have limited offensive options, so they're going to uh, keep trying to hit the same targets. And I think that, that will be a recipe for, for success for, for the Eagles defense, especially with Gannon sort of showing these, uh, uh, the, he's sort of an anti Schwartz, uh, anti Jim Schwartz and, uh, trying to, to scheme the coverages and, 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 uh, or not scheme the, uh, hide the, hide the coverages, um, show, show different looks and stuff like that. Uh, are you so, calling him Jim pants? Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, I don't know if I like that one, but I'll, I'll give you, uh, we'll have to edit in uh audience laughter after that yeah yeah all right uh nice would love to see some turnovers especially early on um kenny gainwell outproduces boston scott i think that's a reasonable uh thought i i believe that uh boston scott's the third on the on the on the depth chart if i'm uh i might be wrong on that but um i'm pretty sure you know they're they're sort of around the the same area there. So, um, uh, my, my thought, this isn't, I guess, a a concrete projection or anything, but, uh, my thought is the, that, uh, Devante Smith will not have a touchdown, but he'll have a bunch of like receptions for a bunch of yards. So I think he'll be very productive, but, uh, I think it will be sort of a, a storyline that he will uh, ha- not get that elusive first touchdown in, in the NFL. How many yards are we talking total? I'm thinking like eight to 10 receptions for... Uh, <laughs> I you are going to say like eight to 10 yards. <laughs> no, no, no. I think he'll get a lot of targets. So I think he might get like eight, eight receptions, maybe like... Um, I don't know. I don't know. Like uh, probably some more shorter, shorter routes. So uh, depending how many yards after the catch, I would say probably an average of 
maybe 10, 10 yards per catch. Um, so, you know, 80, 80 to a hundred yards there probably. Uh, maybe he breaks out for a big debut. run. Yeah. Yeah. I think that he'll be very solid. I'm not sure that um, they'll, they'll, you know, y- utilize him in the red zone, but I think that they'll, he'll help them get to the red zone. So that that'll help your Zach Ertz uh, guess as well. Yeah. All right. Speaking of debut, I think Kyle Pitts will have over 100 receiving yards. That's brutal. I, th- I think a big <laughs> part of it will be uh, just getting a lot of targets early on, and I think I think the Eagles will have a tough time covering him. I think a lot of the teams will this year. I think the Eagles, what they lack on defense is kind of um, you know just in like an an answer guy. And I think they had that for a long time in Malcolm Jenkins. And I think they'll probably try to piece together like an Anthony Harris um, assignment. And maybe, you know, they I, I imagine they will be playing zone, but I think the assignment will go to Harris. And there's only so much you can do with a guy who's like that athletic and gifted. So, yeah. Um, and uh, my final prediction for the game overall is that Nick Sirianni will call a good game in his first ever uh, uh, game calling, play calling uh, uh, as a head coach. I nice. think uh, he won't be the reason they lose if they do. That would be very nice to see early on. All right, so this is more of like a we can come up, we'll, we'll make our guesses now, but what do you think the – the broadcast will mention Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz. So like either of them, a combined amount of how many times for you? Um, I would set the over under for that at five and a half. Okay. I, yeah, I had it as five. So definitely on the same I might page take there. the over. It, it'll, it'll be brought up pregame probably twice. After halftime, maybe once, so that's three already, and then probably throughout the game, maybe one or two more times. So uh, I, th- I think that that's a reason why I would probably take the over there. All right. Let's, let's hear your player of the game for week one. So I think the, uh, the player of the game will be uh, – Fletcher Cox or some defensive lineman, uh, I believe, because I, I think that limiting um, Matt Ryan and what he can do uh, will turn turn the de- determine the game uh, for mm-hmm. the Eagles. And I have the Eagles winning um, uh, seventeen to ten. I think it'll be fairly low scoring. Uh, I think Ertz gets one of those touchdowns. The other one might be a rushing. Uh, whether it's Hertz or Sanders, um, I, I have my Devonte Smith uh, prediction. He'll, he'll help them get down the field, and uh, I think they'll they'll have uh, maybe some trouble early on putting the ball in the end zone to kick a couple of shorter field goals, um, or I guess that would be one field goal. I originally had it sixteen ten, but I think they could get two touchdowns. So uh, I think the 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 ten on the Falcons will be the result of the, the couple of turnovers that the Eagles force and uh, the, the player of the game uh, as the, the sort of uh, offense stopper for the, for the Eagles or against the, the Falcons. Right. Nice. Well, that sounds like it would be a de- delightful first game. Um, so my player of the game right next door to your player of the game on the defensive line, I have it. As you're my guy, Javon Hargrave. Wow, that'd be good this, for me. <laughs> for the same reason that uh, you just mentioned that we talked about early, earlier. Um, Hennessy, believe he's a second-year player, doesn't have a lot of experience under his belt. Not like the most talented, high-pedigree guy coming out of college. Not not a shot at Temple, I swear. And uh, the. The guy I mentioned earlier who their head coach mentioned that he has to get baptized at some point. <laughs> uh, that's one of the funnier yeah. coach quotes that I've seen in a long time. Um, so yeah, Hargrave, I have him down as a strip sack and a tackle for loss. 
I think uh, the pressure up the middle, like you said, will get to Ryan, and I think that should help the guys off the edge too. So I think the big boys up front have a big game, and the Eagles score 27. The Falcons score 21 points. Wow. Um, Bit of a higher scoring affair. Yeah, I think um, mentioning the Kemsky note up there saying that the uh, the defensive group, their secondary is not the most productive. So I think this is a nice opportunity for the wider, the speedy wide receivers to get downfield for some long passes. And I think um, with the, t- the two tight ends and maybe some if Sanders can get back on his receiving game, I don't think they'll have any trouble getting points. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, so I, I guess we'll we'll see what happens uh, this weekend. Uh, we're, we're planning to do a, a short post game pod at some point, so we'll be we'll be back uh, very soon, um, and then we'll have our preview pod for week two uh, sometime next week. So, um, real quick, who wins the coin toss? Or just like team or like who was sent out there for the coin toss uh, team uh, Falcons. All uh, right. They defer. They defer. Okay. Eagles we, get the ball. Eagles we, get the ball. We get the far the end zone. 21 season. <laughs> All right. Isn't, isn't it indoors? Uh, and they uh, play indoors. I don't know. Uh, All right. Sure. Whatever. Uh, for Mike, I'm Ian. Uh, thanks for listening and go birds.